Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Your health is the foundation of your life. Take care of it, and it will take care of you. Oprah Winfrey. Hello, 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 friends, enemies, lovers, everyone in between. I hope you're having a good day and the day you deserve. This is Stuart, and welcome back to the podcast, friends. In today's episode, we are debunking and discussing some hot topics, hot truths, as we are going to aptly name the title of this podcast, The Sweet Truths for the Sweet Tooth. Myths about sugar, health, and fitness for a happier you. But welcome, dear listeners. I want to talk about this fascinating topic because it's been a prominent part in majority of my life. Especially now as I put myself more on social media in terms of a fitness aspect. Personal training, bodybuilding, fitness has always been on my mind in terms of a professional career since the age of, I'd like to say, 21. After I got my first major film role and I had to do an intensive amount of physical training, especially in the gym, using weights for the first time, being put in this very, very self-conscious state and developing not only my body but my mind and seeing the benefits of it and then becoming addicted to a fitness lifestyle to both the benefit and detriment of not only my body but my mind. I always segue back to wondering, can I still pursue this, become a personal trainer, become a nutritionist, even as I pursue other parts of my life? A little bit of my backstory is as a child, as a teenager, and as a young man I was bullied I was severely ridiculed and undermined because of my lack of athleticism my weight my body in general it's something that severely derailed my developmental stages of my life because even as a young child I was always worried about my physical appearance about my energy, about how other people treated me, and living in a very, very athletic community, it was very hard to feel accepted within myself when I had such a lack of self-confidence and everyone expected you to be playing a sport in order to make friends. I had a severe um, perfectionism complex that if I wasn't instantly good at something I was not going to try this led to me not even trying to develop my skills as a athlete or even 
you know, just playing with other kids. If I wasn't the best one on the field, I didn't want to play. And then again, during my short-lived dancing career, if I wasn't the best, it caused a lot of contempt, a lot of narcissistic tendencies within myself. But this all culminated in a massive case of body dysmorphia because I felt I was never good enough, never accepted, never allowed to be myself or try to develop myself because I wasn't instantly the best. From body dysmorphia and bullying, it led to eating disorders and this caused severe mental health issues, especially during probably some of the most pivotal years of my life in terms of trying to cultivate my individual personality traits, which led to associative disorders. And it was very hard to come back from that. And multiple times, even now, I would feel myself slipping into a lot of those states again but now thankfully after years of help and development and personal grace for myself and accepting my past i i give myself grace but a major issue i always had was with my food so i would like to dive into some of the myths surrounding food especially sugar and the impact it would have on our mental health our personal development and our well-being especially in our pursuit for happiness. I would always say, I'll be happy when I'm skinnier. I will be happy when I, you know, make first line. I'll be happier if I can make the team. As you probably heard, you know, sugar is the villain in the modern diet. It's often demonized in media and the fitness circles and is really bad. But is it as really bad as what it's made out to be? trade as the dietary villain? Is it as detrimental? So let's start by debunking some of the common myths about sugar. And one, and the most prevalent and biggest misconception, I believe, is that sugars are all the same. But according to scientific research up to 2020, it is far from the truth. I mean, different types of sugars can impact our bodies in very distinctive and significant ways. So let's examine some of those and what is behind sugar addiction and explore the pros and cons of various sugar types. And if you're like me and you have a massive sweet tooth, listen for the next um, few minutes because this could severely help you. I have, I can now say that I am, I don't know if this is good or a bad thing to say, I am six months off my jelly addiction. And as far as addictions go, you know, I think that's, I think that's pretty up there. But what are the benefits of the so-called good sugars, um, like those found in fruits and whole grains? From scientific research that has shown that these sugars can provide essential nutrients and energies, we will discuss and incorporate them into our diet, into a balanced and healthy lifestyle. Emphasis on a balanced and healthy lifestyle. Don't worry, we won't ignore the other side of the coin because there is a lot of studies that shed light on the less favorable aspects of sugar consumption. So we will also dive into the bad sugars and how we can not only recognize them, but what impacts they have not only on your physical well-being, but also your mental well-being. I want to also explore some maybe practical tips on how to recognize what you might be overindulging in that could be potentially an addictive substance and product, especially from some of our favorite snacks and treats. So sugar as an energy source is specifically glucose, one of the primary sources of energy within the body. It fuels our cells and powers our daily activities. You need glucose. Brain function relies heavily on glucose for optimal function. It helps with memory, focus, focus, and cognitive tasks. A balanced intake can enhance mental clarity. Sugars can be found in fruits, natural substances, bundled with essential vitamins and fibers and antioxidants that all support overall health. It will help with a balanced mood, a feel-good neurotransmitter, temporarily enhancing our mood and promoting a sense of well-being. 
and it also is used for recovery after exercise. Sugar aids in post-workout recovery by replenishing the glycogen stores and assisting muscle repair. You do need sugars. You can't just strip sugars fully from your diet. And for digestive health, I mean, natural sugars like in prunes and figs can also be... (laughs) can also be used to help clean your system, let's just say, in terms of aiding digestion. But have you, did you know that in some studies it suggests that sugars can also accelerate wound healing when applied topically as it would, like, it, it would draw moisture from the affected area? That's something I didn't know and I found it so interesting. Sugar in sports drinks helps with the improvement of fluid retention, making a more useful component for athletes. Uh, what's that drink everyone always talks about? Gatorade. Oh, water boy. Oh, oh Adam Sandler. What happened to you? But sugar blood regulation. In moderation, sugar can help regulate our blood sugar levels by preventing extreme spikes and crashes which combined with fiber-rich foods. And there is a cultural significance that has to be played when it comes to sugar because it plays a significant role in rituals throughout history, showcasing the importance beyond just nutrition. Remember, a key lies in moderation, though. Choosing natural sources of sugar can maximize the benefits while minimizing potential negative impacts. Now, through mass media, sometimes has sensationalized the negative aspects of sugar, leading to unnecessary fear and restrictive diets, and an overconsumption an unhealthy lifestyle of misleading advertisements promoting sugary products and the availability in such high-processed foods have contributed to this overconsumption. Excessive sugar intake, the bad types of sugars, will lead to obesity, diabetes, and other health issues when not part of a balanced diet. Mass media portrays sugar often has swung between extremes of neither of either demonizing it and its entirety or promoting overly sugary products and considering without considering their consequences. This polarized view can often confuse us as consumers and make it very difficult to make informed choices when taking sugar as or consuming sugar, which in aspect would ultimately lead to an unhealthy lifestyle without even realizing it. Excessive sugar consumption is detrimental to your health. Case point flat. It can lead to weight gain by consuming too much sugar, can lead to a spike in high sugar diets, contribute to excessive caloric intake, increasing the risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes because excessive sugar intake is linked to an increased risk of it. It can lead to an insulin resistance impaired glucose metabolism. Heart health. High sugar consumption is associated to heart diseases. It can raise blood pressure and increase the triglycerides and reduce the good HDL cholesterol. And then there's dental issues. How many times does your dentist say, Oh, I see you like the sugary sweets. I recently went to uh, my dentist and they actually said the opposite. They're like, you're brushing your teeth too much. And I went, what? And they said, yeah, you're actually scraping away X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh, is that bad? literally like the you know the plebeian that i am sometimes and they looked at me and they just went Stuart, just don't okay you cannot grow it back i think it's something to do with my actual gums not the enamel because they were saying i'm going to have old man teeth and will need veneers if i keep going the way i go within like um two decades hopefully by then you know we have progressed in our medical sector of saving teeth the overconsumption of sugars um, and the producing acids, you know, would erode tooth enamel. And then there's fatty liver. Too much sugar, especially uh, fructose, can lead to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is, um, I have it here, um, NAFLD, a condition where excess fat um, accumulates in the liver. And, yeah, so my my issues with food and overconsumption of food and emotional eating, body dysmorphia, and, and um, my 
my abuse of food, should we say, to the point where we would call it purging. My bulimia and my anorexia, to be more transparent, was also selving from um, watching what my, my family would do in terms of dealing with their emotions and not being able to process or communicate properly and seeing my father over consume and over east to deal with his stress and to manage his, manage his stress and there were there were times when my father is always a always a big man um, always a big dude but there was a point where I'm a bit a bit emotional talking about it that he was incapable of walking up the stairs to go to bed without getting um, burnt out, without losing all his breath. And it had solely to do, as the doctors put it, with, um, you know, his diet. He was overeating, he wasn't exercising, he wasn't taking care of himself. And he knew this, he accepted it, and he would still do it. And he went down a very, 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 very dark path um, in terms of abusing food for emotional release it would lead to a lot of frustration and fights and resentment and contemptment within um, my relationship with him but I was also then doing the same thing the flip side was I had also developed eating disorders so as I would emotionally eat I would always be fearful of you know turning out and looking like my father but it was okay in my head because you know I would this food wasn't going to stay in my stomach for long. I would go days without eating, technically, because I was never getting the nutrients from my food. My father then had severe issues with his liver, and he tried to fix and develop his life um, for the better. And it was a hard struggle. It was a very hard struggle for him, and he was a very, very strong man for coming out the other end. And I am very proud of him for it. Unfortunately, on my end, I had already sunk too deep into a warped perspective of how I could use and abuse food to sustain what I thought was my emotions and my emotional well-being at the time. And it led me down a very dark path. I always... You will never find pictures of me between the ages of I believe between the ages of 14 to maybe 17 there might be a few especially on the internet but I always remember taking the pictures and burning them from around the house ripping them up I hated how I looked I was petrified of not being accepted by people and then I was petrified I was going to turn into my father at the time. I was always ashamed for that. We've come out the other side, but it is something that I'm very remorseful of. He was trying his best with what he knew and what he had. And we were always fearful because there is a cognitive decline when it comes to high increases or high intakes of sugar for a cognitive decline and the increased conditions like Alzheimer's. And also, and this comes back to being a teenager and being very, you know, vain, but acne. Diets with high sugars um, may worsen with acne and increase inflammation and insulin levels within the body. There was, um, I do remember dad going to the doctors and the them being very blunt and saying, you know, there is a high risk of cancer if you keep going the way you're going with the amount of food especially these overly processed foods the takeaways the all the sweets um, to and from work the overconsumption and how it was associated with the risk of certain cancers especially pancreatic and endometrial cancer mood swings were a big one in our house and researching that there is a um, there could be a cause of rapid spikes and crashes of blood sugars, which would obviously affect your mood. And the addiction potential. Sugar is a very addictive substance to some individuals, 
my father being one, me being another. And that's I, I think that's the only reason why we're talking about this episode right now is that I've lived both sides of this coin and current currently trying to live the better side as much as I can. But the addictive tendencies towards for me it's energy drinks or jellies. Overconsumption can lead to immediate health risks. And I know if you were to watch me on other pieces of social media, you'll always see me with monster or caffeine or some kind of sweet in my hand. But believe me when I tell you that I have drastically reduced the amount I actually take. There was one time, I remember one of my first jobs, I was a book boxer in a bookshop. So I'd be in the back boxing all the books for deliveries. But I swear on every one of my lunch break, I'd go around the corner to one of these um, two euro shops and buy all the cheap energy drinks and just fill up my bag. Like I would buy at least 20 quids worth of these energy cans, really cheap energy drinks. But here's the thing. You could buy four for a euro. So I'm spending, hold on, let me do the math. Yes, I might have had to have got out the calculator to that but i would have spent 20 quids to buy four cans of energy drink and at least 10 of those would have been gone by the end of the day and i'd be doing that every week these health concerns are worth highlighting when it comes to limiting sugars in our diet and opting for a healthier alternatives to maintain an overall well-being and i would like to talk about the the impact of mass-produced sugary products from industries on the obesity epidemic and the complex dynamics of what body image is in society and what it means to have a healthy lifestyle compared to what we now perceived as a healthy lifestyle. So, what is plaguing our society for quite some time? Body image. The obesity epidemic has tangled the web in has tangled this web that our perceptions of what is good what is right what is bad what is deemed as unacceptable the elephant is in the room is mass production of sugary products these products laden with sugars and additives have infiltrated our lives in the most insidious of ways we walk into any shop you are bombarded with aisles of snacks and sweets and things of all bright colored packaging, things to entice you to eat them. They're designed to hook you and keep you coming back for more. And it is working. As a result, there is an obesity epidemic that is sweeping through society. It's alarming that our waistlines are expanding to an extent that it's unhealthy, but this isn't about body shaming. Body shaming is toxic whether you're overweight or underweight. It's about acknowledging that we're facing a health crisis and it's time to do something about it. We're caught in the crossfire between toxic body shaming and toxic body positivity. Toxic body positivity, what is that? It's where we delude ourselves of thinking that promoting any body type, no matter how unhealthy it is, is okay. And it's not. It's, it's quite harmful. It's just as harmful as body shaming. But what's the difference between a healthy lifestyle and a healthy body? A massive difference. A healthy lifestyle involves a balanced diet, regular exercise, and mental well-being. It's about treating your body with respect and nourishiness in ways to promote an overall healthy lifestyle and longevity. That doesn't mean you're doing a hundred leg raises or looking like freaking... Heidi Klum, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or David Laid. Because you can be skinny and have poor internal health. You can be overweight and still be active and metabolically healthy. It's not about appearance. Please let me emphasize that. It's not about appearance. This coming from the boy who was at his lowest six stone five at the age of 15 six stone thinking he was one of the healthiest people and wondering why he was passing out to the 26 year old who was starving himself and then binge eating at nice there's a warped standards that we've been fed by mass media we've been made to believe that being too muscular too skinny or too anything 
is just as bad as being too overweight. It's created a culture of dissatisfaction and it's time to break free from that. You know the Queen song I want to do? I'm not sure what it does in terms of like monetization. So just, just imagine Freddie Mercury, you know, in his little short skirt singing right now, hoovering. But what is the takeaway? A reality check. That's, that's more or less it. To focus on health, not appearance. It's about making informed choices about what we put into our bodies and ditching the sugary, addictive traps set by the industry. But it's about doing it all with kindness and acceptance that people are at different points in their lives. And it's not about constantly demonizing the treats and the sweets and the sugar that we all crave and want at some point. The caffeine, the takeaways, the Chinese, the Indian, the pizza. Be kind to yourself and others. That's the only way to overcome this epidemic and find true and lasting well-being and relationships with sugar, food, and your health. If you've never heard of it, there is... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. something called the body mass index the bmi scale which is intended purpose and benefits for a potential insight into a person's body composition and what they need in terms of like proteins carbs and fats but there are many drawbacks for this it's all about tracking body weight to begin with but while addressing its misuse in the fitness industry we'll touch upon the importance to look beyond the bmi and think about how we should be assessing our overall health so it was um it was developed hold on i have it here so it was developed back in the 19th century by a statistician a belgian statistician called adolf quatelet originally it was meant as a population level tool to estimate the prevalence of underweight and overweight um within a given population its simplicity made it a practical measure for these purposes. And there are some benefits. I mean, like I said, it's quite simple to use. One of the key advantages to the BMI index is that it can calculate and doesn't require complex measurements or equipment. But for population trends, it was very valuable in terms of public health professionals using it to assess public trends in obesity and underweight and helping to allocate resources and interventions. And it gives a rough assessment um, on a broad scale for body weight. It can help identify individuals who may be at risk at certain health problems due to extreme underweight or overweight obesity. Do you hear that? It literally tells you if you are underweight, maintaining a good weight or overweight within a group, a population as consensus. But there is a lack of precision the BMI doesn't intake many factors like muscle mass or your bone density in or your body composition even. Like thus it's it can be misclarify muscular individuals as being overweight or obese, and thus low muscle mass as unhealthy, or low muscle mass as healthy. Apologies. Again, no consideration for body composition. We are all not squares, we are all not circles, we are all not triangles. The BMI doesn't distinguish the difference between fat, lean body form, therefore it can't provide insights into an individual's true health status. And the height-weight ratio as well, like it 
simplifies health to its base race. It doesn't take into a high waste ratio overlooking factors like diet, exercise, genetics, or overall lifestyle. And there is a massive misuse in the fitness industry, and this comes from personal experience. I do still use the BMI as a springboard, just as a guide to where I should be going in terms of like trying to find what my current training regimen should be, what I should be possibly taking in terms of calories. But unfortunately, the fitness industry as a whole uses and abuses the BMI, promoting unrealistic and unhealthy body ideals that can create body image issues and unhealthy obsessions with waste. So looking beyond the BMI scale, a person's health is not solely determined by their BMI. It is essential to consider other factors like diet, physical activity, your mental well-being, and your medical history. Having slightly more body fat doesn't necessarily equate to being unhealthy. In fact, body composition, the proportion of muscle to fat, matters more than the numbers on the scale. Muscle is heavier than fat. You have more fat than you do muscle. Additionally, a person's waist circumference can provide valuable insights into their health, especially when it comes to risks of cardiovascular disease. But even then, it's essential to consider the broader picture of their lifestyle and habits. How often do you exercise? Do you walk? Do you run? Do you drink water every day? How much sleep do you get? There are so many factors that go into play. And in summary, while the BMI may have merits for the population level assessments, it's an oversimplified tool when evaluating an individual's health. It's crucial to look beyond the BMI and consider a person's overall well-being, including their habits, body composition, mental health, for a more accurate assessment. So always consider going to consultations when it comes to trying to trying to determine how to be as proactive to have a healthy lifestyle for you i touched on it briefly there but tracking calories can be a valuable tool for an individual especially athletes or people looking to regulate their waste and nutrient intake there are so many benefits to tracking your calories and how it helps with understanding nutrient needs and avoiding pitfalls and addictive supplements addictive supplements like sugars and caffeine talking to the guy who literally takes like 250 milligrams to 300 milligrams of caffeine before going into the gym but the <laughs> Stuart, you're trying to give positive information tracking calories so caloric awareness energy in versus energy out versus energy you need to maintain in your life over over oversimplified but your caloric awareness is tracking calories to provide a clear understanding of how many calories you need to consume daily. This awareness is fundamental for maintaining, losing, or gaining weight. Portion control. It helps with portion control to prevent overeating and aiding with weight management and nutrient balance, knowing, you know, what calories you're actually consuming and how it's a balanced intake of your macronutrients like carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And this is crucial for overall health and athletic performance. There's only a certain amount of protein an individual can eat during the day that is of benefit to them before they overconsume, and then it, it will no longer have any positive effects on the body. An app I use frequently is MyFitnessPal. And I use it, I won't say I'm as disciplined or rigid with it as I used to be when I wanted to be in a bodybuilding physique and, uh, what would you say, like beach body ready, aesthetic, athletic um, body composition. But it is great in terms of trying to just determine how much I'm consuming for my micro and macronutrients and also it it acts like a calculator you know i have 3000 calories that i am going to eat today i've already eaten 500 for my breakfast here's another 500 for lunch you have this amount that you can eat during the rest of the day if you're looking to try and gauge like how much food you need to eat during the day and try not to overconsume for whatever reason it is in your lifestyle it's a great tool to have best thing about it is you can just scan a barcode for majority of products and it will have it in its database. So if you're very goal-orientated, 
highly recommend it. Individualized nutrition as well. You can personalize your nutrition to match your unique needs, whether you're an endurance athlete, a strength athlete, a stay-at-home dad, a work professional. Micronutrient awareness. By tracking your calories, it often goes hand-in-hand with monitoring micronutrients like the vitamins and the minerals that we need. This helps ensure that you get your daily nutrient requirements. And it's quite educational because it will foster nutritional education, enabling you to understand more of what you are putting into your body, why, and if you are having too much. It's a lot easier to make the conscious choice not to, let's say, over over um, indulge in something or over consume something when you know what's actually in it but there are pitfalls to avoid like addictive supplements as mentioned sugar caffeine overly reliant on these supplements especially the high ones um, they have their place but they could be um, compliant and shouldn't replace a balanced diet and when tracking your calories you should not lead to neglecting the quality of your diet. It's vital to focus on the nutrient-dense foods such as fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, grains, rather than solely prioritizing um, calorie counting. But I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate with this and say, you know, as long as you're getting the certain amount of carbohydrates and fats and proteins you need within your diet and you're getting a, a relatively good amount of nutrients, you can eat what you want so long as you're staying within the calories that are set for you, that you need to either gain weight, lose weight, or maintain the weight that you're currently at. Essentially, if you want like um, three Snickers in a day, eat those three Snickers in a day. Just know where you're going to have to substitute X, Y, and Z during the day in terms of like food and intake. Case in point, I was in the gym earlier today. What did I do? I ate two protein bars. Now, no offense, protein bars are just as terrible as normal, normal like sweets and chocolate bars that you can get. They actually are. I, I'm not a massive advocate for them or the ones I was taking, but I won't say the brand just in case. But I knew what I was consuming in terms of calories. I knew their benefits. I also knew like the amount of sugar I was intaking with them and also where I'd have to reduce, like let's say my food intake because I'm currently on a deficit. I don't restrict what I want to eat. I just know how to have it in moderation. Your diet should not be such a demonized word, I believe. When you're on a diet, or your diet. Eat what you want, just be informed and educated enough to know what it's going to do to your body. But like I was saying earlier, consultations, like with if you think or want specific dietary needs, then go for medical professionals, find conditions, consulting with registered dietitians and nutritionalists for advice. They can provide personalized guidelines to ensure that you meet your goals safely and healthily. Tracking your calories can be a potent tool for athletes and for those seeking to regulate their waste and their nutrient intake. However, it should be part of a holistic approach to nutrition. Uh, Complementing a balanced diet rich in micronutrients and avoiding excessive reliance on supplements and maintaining a healthy relationship with food. But let's discuss the positive and potentially distorted influence of the fitness industry and what it's done to what we eat and how we perceive to look, particularly through social media, addressing obesity epidemic and shaping our perceptions of health. It's like accessible information. Social media has made the fitness and health information be so much more accessible than it was 15, 20 years ago. This has also given us a democratization of knowledge which allows individuals to educate themselves about exercise, nutrition, and wellness. Inspiration and motivation. Fitness influencers, athletes, enthusiasts on social media can inspire and motivate others to embark on their fitness journeys. They have transformative stories from where they were to where they are, transformation stories, workout routines, healthy recipes that can serve as sources of inspiration for you, for me, in our everyday lives. 
and they often create supportive communities. Online fitness communities provide a sense of belonging and support. People from diverse backgrounds can connect, share experiences, and encourage one another on their health and fitness journeys. And it also gives a sense of education and awareness because social media can raise awareness for the importance of a healthy lifestyle and educate individuals about the risks associated with obesity and sedentary lifestyles. And it promotes diversity because some fitness influencers and athletes champion body positivity, true body positivity and inclusivity, challenging traditional beauty standards and promoting self-acceptance. But there are the warped perspectives like idealized images. One of the drawbacks of social media can be the proliferation of idealized and unrealistic images of fitness and health. These images can create unhealthy beauty standards and lead to a lot of body issues. Overemphasis on appearance. Many social media fitness trends place a disproportionate focus on athletics rather than holistic well-being. And this can encourage unhealthy practices and attain a certain look. And drink this tea. You know, use this pill quick fixes some influencers promote quick fixes fad diets and supplements as shortcuts for health and fitness and these often don't provide lasting results and can be harmful and there is a comparison culture heavily heavily influenced in the fitness community especially online constant exposure can be carefully curated in the fitness content to lead to unhealthy comparisons and self-doubt and anxiety for how your body should look I've been following certain people online for over a year and recently I've had to unfollow because they were setting un unattainable body standards for a lot of the people, especially reading through their comments because they were putting up pictures of, let's say, being beach body ready constantly year round. And whether or not they were able to achieve it, it was making me feel demoralized in myself at a certain point because I was wondering why through whatever circumstance I wasn't able to achieve the same standards even though I was working just as hard but obviously different things come into factors for that perspective environment lifestyle sleep diet but in conclusion the fitness through social media industry or the fitness industry through social media has made significant strides in promoting health awareness and providing accessible information it can be a force for positive change inspiring and educating millions however vital vital that you friend understand that the approach to social media content with a discerning eye please recognize that not all trends and influencers have an often balanced and realistic perspective of what it means to be healthy so have a holistic approach to health how you should be prioritizing not just physical appearance but your overall well-being and sustainability and why fitness should be in your everyday lifestyle why is should be how do i say this go for a walk and i i genuinely like have to drag myself out of bed most mornings to walk around even the block but the multitudes of benefits from both external and internal is is crazy like we're going beyond physical health right now there's such a positive impact mentally and emotionally regular exercise helps maintain like a healthy weight lowering the risk of chronic disease like heart disease and diabetes and enhance physical well-being that doesn't mean you are squatting 20 times you know in a set that doesn't mean that you are doing 50 ab crunches that doesn't mean you are doing five hit workouts a week a healthy lifestyle being physically active for your body could be a multitude of things it helps muscle tone and strength fitness activities build and tone muscles promoting a strong and capable physique doing the most menial of tasks like getting up off the couch and walking upstairs to bed being able to walk from class to class and not get lightheaded and pass out increased flexibility stretching exercises improves flexibility reducing the risk of injury and enhancing overall mobility so my party trick any 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 trick or any party i go to my trick is i will do a death drop into the splits 
I love it. It's my party trick. I constantly stretch. But then, last night, literally lying on my bed, which is technically like a futon on my floor, but lying on it, I twist my leg whatever way, and all of a sudden, I just feel like a little pinch of a muscle. Make sure that you incorporate some form of stretching or yoga or Pilates into whatever your fitness activity is because it will benefit your muscles in the long run. You don't want to go up into a box jump and then feel a tear and not realize that you've just torn your hamstring. Might be talking from experience there or you don't want to be out at a party and then just think all of a sudden, hey, I'm just going to squat this person. So you pick a person up on, put them on your shoulders, you squat down and you feel a pop in your leg. And then you realize that you have a injured knee or you don't want, you know, like overly train without stretching or you don't want to do anything without stretching that might lead to a meniscus tear that you didn't realize. And then you're running up the mountains in Iceland. Again, not talking from experience. One thing I have to say it always has helped with, even though I'm kind of slunched over here, is better posture. Engaging in fitness can lead to better improvement with posture, reducing strain on the spine and decreasing the likelihood of back pain. Healthy skin, promoting blood flow, delivering oxygen and nutrients to the skin is a result of physical exercise. So looking like a sweaty hot mess is considered a healthy complexion. Great. That's my face every day. But there are internal benefits when it comes to physical exercise, like stress reduction. I constantly say, the gym is my therapy. The gym is cheaper than therapy. Exercise is a powerful stress reducer. It does trigger endorphins, which alleviates mood and alleviates stress. Mental clarity. Regular physical activity enhances cognitive functions, including memory and problem-solving skills. I was in the gym before here. I was squatting, and to be honest, like I did not want to come here and make this podcast today. It's probably one of the ones that's going to cause me the most anxiety right now because I'm talking about body shaming, body positivity, food, what it means to have a healthy lifestyle compared to obesity and being underweight. It's not a topic that I feel, one, that I am fully, fully educated in enough to give my overall opinion and say you should be doing this. But it's one that I have experienced enough and am educated enough in to say, hey, maybe it might be of benefit to someone. I probably wouldn't have come here if I didn't go to the gym beforehand to relieve that stress. Improve sleep. I can't tell you the amount of times I take naps after the gym. Actually, fitness contributes to better sleep patterns, promoting restorative rests and boosts and mental health and emotional well-being. And there is you know, a sense of confidence and self-esteem. Achieving fitness goals can boost your self-esteem personal. You know, you're fostering a positive self-image and emotional resilience, helping individuals better cope with life's challenges. But what are the mental and emotional benefits of fitness? So mood enhancements, feel-good hormones, endorphins, oxytocin, Stress relief, physical activity serves as a natural stress reliever. We have boosted energy levels. We have increased energy levels. We have social interaction. I'm one of these people that I do not like talking to people in the gym. The gym is my space, my time. But then because, you know, we are relieving like a certain amount of stress, it means that my personal social anxiety is kind of dissipated without me even realizing. And I do have an increased amount of endorphins. I am quite social in the gym. I made some I made some pretty good friends, especially over this summer I'm um, in the gym. Some pretty, pretty, pretty lovely connections. Incorporating fitness into your everyday lifestyle offers a holistic approach to health and well-being, reaping rewards not only in physical health, but also in mental and emotional resilience. It's a valuable tool, friends, for the investment of your overall quality of life, promoting a sense of vitality and happiness that, that, that radiates inside and out. I don't know really what more I can say. There. That's it. You have it. An episode on growth, insight, insulin, discovery. We've delved into the world of sugar, its myths, fitness, the industry, fitness industry, the misconception of body image, what it means to actually be a healthy versus toxic and positive body um, views, mass media, 
how it can both inform and misinform us. And it's high time we took back control of our narrative, of our bodies, and not be ridiculed by others. You're on your journey for a healthier and happier you. That is not defined by a single number on a scale, a fleecing trend, a glossy magazine cover. It is choices you make in your everyday life. The more educated you are about what you do, the happier you will feel. The love and respect you show your body and understanding the true well-being goes far beyond what meets the eye. It's not about how you look, it's about how you feel. In a world where social media can wrap our perceptions, let's remember the truth is you are unique, you are powerful and capable of crafting your own definition of health and beauty. So embrace your individuality, celebrate your journey, and remember that every step forward, no matter how small, is a victory. Step by step, brick by brick, day by day, the mountain is you. So, get out there. Be the author of your own story, the champion of your own well-being, and the advocate for life filled with vitality and joy. Until next time, friends, I would like to ask you to please keep growing, keep going, keep being incredible and unstoppable at whatever you do. This is Stuart. I hope you had a good day and the day you deserve. Let's talk soon, okay? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.